Hello friends of Soundwaves, this is a quick disclaimer that we had some audio issues this week. My Audacity didn't record my actual mic but my laptop mic and Brogan had some issues with static which we had solved but they cropped back up. We will get them back under control for next episode. Until then, please enjoy this great program from your friends at the Daydreamcast. Okay, Pavlos, um, it's been a while since we've talked. Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to, I have a hot take for you. <laughs> okay. We should really? murder the hot take minute. It's a, that's, a, that's a pretty cold take. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be the coldest take of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, it's a new, it's a new year. Uh, I think we need, uh, you know fresh ideas um, new year who dis and uh and yeah hot takes you know we i think we exhausted all the hot takes that uh exist really but you know what's gonna happen in daydreamcast season two we mm. are still gonna complain about playstation 2 games <laughs> it's true some things <laughs> never change no um which uh, ps2 game did you want to complain about um, I wanted to talk about From Russia with Love real quick, and I think you've got your own stories here. Mm. The, the thing that I marveled at was two things. Number one, they got Sean Connery's likeness for the, for the game. Yeah. And Sean Connery even voice performs in it. But it's, uh, it's a rough performance, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's, like, negative during it, but he seems like he's, uh, retired. And old. <laughs> Maybe tired and retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is going to be my only time I get to uh, use a Sean Connery accent in this cast. So <laughs> I will say, welcome to the Dame Day Dreamcast. There we go. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> I yeah, we'll call that smooth. Uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to say before you went on your yeah. spiel about From Russia with Love uh-huh. is... Um, I think it exemplified what is wrong with James Bond games. Yeah. Um, What's because that? it is so very clear. Like, From Rush With Love is so very clearly not what the film is mm-hmm. or the game. Like, they are two completely yeah, yeah. different ideas. Yeah. Like, right. one is, like, a slow, like, whatever. It's not even... It's still, like, a blockbuster movie. But, like, you're yeah. not shooting... 500 guys at all times. That's no, not what the movie's about. You're hanging out at some embassy... Tail, 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 uh, the lady or whatever. Uh, forget to tails to a museum. Then you yeah, fight on, yeah, like just, fight on train eventually. Uh, it's just a fundamentally different experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, I think it just shows like the weaknesses of the Bond license, at least in terms of how they approached it back in the day I, th- I think and it, uh, yeah. I'm curious to see how it transforms I, I think you may have uh, I may have had a revelation just now because of what what you were saying uh, I think maybe the reason that the best bond games are maybe Brosnan bond games is because of the films were shit uh, or the films yes were shit, no no ironically and more video gamey like sort of more suited um, to, to video game adaptations. Uh, Abs- absolutely. 
like Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig murdering a bunch of guys all the time is absolutely the experience of the video games versus what actually happens in a Sean Connery film. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad we, we figured that out. I think that's the, <laughs> the secret uh, the secret of Bond games, I guess. That's what, how it works. Um, well, I didn't have anything to say about the game. I just have a story about the game itself. I have a story about the game, but not about, like... I couldn't really tell you much about um, the actual game because the story is kind of about not pl- not uh, not playing the game. So uh, okay. <laughs> one time, I mean, I must have been... I don't know when I, I, I looked up earlier when it came up, but I forgot. I think 2005. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I, I would have been like 12, 13. Um, and uh, so we uh, went to the, you know, electronic store that also has like games and CDs, like media, media like that with my dad. And... Uh, <clears throat> I uh, I really wanted because I was a huge at me and like and my friends like everyone was hugely into Need for Speed Underground two right um, sure and uh, Most Wanted had come out and uh, we uh, obviously really wanted Mo- Most Wanted um, but at the same time there was around the time when I saw some some started watching some Bond you know through a friend who uh, was also a big fan he got me kind of into it I'd I'd watched a, a couple of bonds, and uh, um, I saw this uh, this from Russia with Love game. And I was like, I hadn't seen Russia from Russia with Love yet, but uh, I saw the, the cover is pretty cool. You know, you got this art and everything. <laughs> it's like, oh hey, I, I I never had played Goldeneye up to that point or anything. Like I had only played like I don't know if I had played before that or after, but I must have. I think I had some uh, Nightfire played some Nightfire. Uh, maybe the classic. Yes, we might do have an episode on that at one point. Uh, but um, so I was like, I was so torn, right? I was like having to decide between the two, and uh, <clears throat> and from Russia with Love was um, USK, which is like our youth protection, you know, rate, the rating basically was USK eighteen, you know, for for eighteen year olds and up, so for adults because of the. The violence and everything, obviously, um, and uh, so I mean, I had my dad with with me, so um, you know, he uh, could feasibly feasibly buy it for me, um, <laughs> and so uh, I ultimately decided on From Russia with Love, and uh, so uh, you know, we bought it. We uh, we I got home. Obviously, I was reading the manual in the car, etc. You know the drill, um. And then at home, I started playing it, and mm, there are certain things where, as a kid, I was like definitely a wuss in cert- for like doing certain stuff in games. And um, I was playing. I, I think it's the first level, right? There's this level where also, yeah, it's the beginning of the film, basically, where you have like the fake bond in the maze in the garden. Yes. Uh, yes. And it was. <laughs> I don't want to say. It, was too scary for me, but it kind of was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, to be fair, they do like interesting things. Like, they'll do the shots where they show uh, show the bad guy stalking you, 
Right. And, like to to describe the level you're in like on like a hedge maze, but there's like a stalker. It's like a Soviet stalker stalking Bond. It's not actually Bond. By the end of the by the end of the scene he dies and it's like look how great our killer is. And like I think they do nice camera angles for that. Mm-hmm. I could see how a young Pavlos would be scared. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't have like like I wouldn't have I would have zero problems with it in watching the film as a kid. Zero. Um, it's something different though when you're in control, obviously, and you're like put in, like you're embodying this person and not put into this perspective. Like that was always uh, sort of a a thing that like especially for me in games, and uh, it was kind of scary and also like. I, w- I had like very that and that's the second big factor. I had very little um, shooter experience, you know. Um, See, yeah. So it was very it felt very awkward to me. And uh, well, uh, on that same day, <laughs> uh, I was so you know frustrated and like uh, like also like regretting my decision. Thankfully, my dad, the saint that he is, he took the copy back and with the excuse that or like it was certain parents are like oh my kid bought this uh, but this isn't uh, we uh, like I didn't know this wasn't um, I, I didn't know this was for adults basically I didn't know this was uh, you know adult rated and uh, this is uh, uh, this he shouldn't be playing this can I can I return it can I exchange <laughs> it and uh, <laughs> so he yeah like I did get most wanted after all and most wanted is most I mean, wanted like teen rated is well, i don't even know the rating for that um i assume it's like i assume it's like yeah it must be like usk 12 i guess since it's like you know illegal street racing or whatever i don't know but it's tw- <laughs> i don't think it's more than that anyway um so what you're trying to tell me pavlos yeah is that the game from russia with love mm-hmm. is literally better than the movie <laughs> What? That's what you're trying to tell me. No. You were more engrossed, and you had oh, more feeling in sure. the game. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so good that I couldn't, I couldn't stand any more than uh, the first <laughs> level. Um, no, uh, yeah, that's my story. And most wanted, of course, uh, is amazing. Um, yeah, but I, but I feel like some, one day I need to tackle my demon head on and uh, play uh, play from Russia with love. <laughs> This is a very therapeutic uh, cast. Yeah. We we like confront our fears in our pasts, <laughs> and we sort of like grow to be better people. So yeah, we you you should definitely do it, Pavlos. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll should, talk about it. You here should tackle you. the level the level one issue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is the cast. We're back. We uh, uh, with me, Pavlos, and uh, and Brogan. Uh, we uh, took a longer break after our podcasting extravaganza um, that we did with Cal, where we did a game of the year in 1985. If you haven't listened, I'm still to that, a little salty about it. I don't want. Let me, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Um, it uh, yeah, I think the result. In is... case you were wondering what what game won game of the year, it was Hang On. Hang on, one game. Why? Game. Why would you spoil that? Well, anyway, I assume uh, <laughs> most have listened to it. Uh, but uh, of course, it, it is it is about the journey there, not the destination. Um, but uh, it's also about the destination because the list is pretty definitive. <laughs> uh, but uh... it's official. Okay, yeah. Go fuck yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
I will say, like, I was really proud about how we did it. I think for a first time yeah. doing it, I was very proud about the organization of it. We could snip some things in retrospect or whatever. Like, we could have done things differently, and mm-hmm. we will next time. But I was proud of it, which yeah. is what matters. Yeah, I feel like next time we need to include more games. Uh, and uh, <laughs> 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 uh, No, I mean, uh, I mean, I think naturally it will be more of a games uh, because of, uh, you know, the NES getting going and, and stuff. And, or at the very least, more competitive games. There yeah. were a lot of games on there that were like, oh, this is really interesting, but uh, yeah. it's not getting in the top ten. And uh, true, that yeah. will change. Yeah, it would probably yeah. be less homogenous. The, I mean... I think Cal and my top 10 were the closest, and yours was a bit of an outlier. But also, you kind of didn't care about, like, half your games. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's also moments where we aligned, and I was proud of... Yeah. Like, I was proud of our Ultima 4 uh, connection here, where, where, we may, where we may push into, like, having an episode on it. Like, that, that affected me to the point where I was like, oh, we should do something like this. But, like, yeah. man, I don't care if Hang On, like, gets one, three, five, nine. <laughs> Who cares? As long yeah. as the Excite Bike doesn't... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I actually... Um, oh, that reminds me. Uh, there There is a couple things that I want to... Um, good, it's good that we talk about this because there is a couple things that I want to uh, mention. Um, the first thing is that... Um, uh, there is a obviously we as I said at the start there wouldn't be like a comprehensive list so there is a couple of games that we could have mentioned though I don't think they would have um, made it in but we could have mentioned uh, Challenger which is a Hudson game and from '85 uh, just kind of neat it's like, got like different scenarios you play like a little guy with a cowboy hat it's got charm but it's not it wouldn't have made it like as a game it to- totally wouldn't have uh, like you know wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the top 10. Um, I think maybe a closer one could have been a Bounder uh, on the Commodore 64. Also missed that, uh, which is like a top-down game where you bounce a ball on top of platforms. I probably wouldn't have made it, if you're honest, but it it's still, it's, it's, a, it's a neat thing. Uh, you could look at it. Um, and I think the biggest... Um, I think maybe the biggest quote-unquote miss, which isn't actually a miss because I called it <laughs> in my pre-selection, and I have to admit, probably uh, unfair to call that and not other stuff there because I left out um, Paperboy, the arcade version. Uh, oh, yeah. And Well, the way you approached it originally was different than how we eventually approached it. Right. Eventually, we did approach it like, okay, we should want to mention everything, and it's okay if we just cut <clears> it after. And in that scenario, Paperboy belongs, yeah. but not in the, if we're only looking at things that could possibly be in the top 10. Right, know? right. Uh, personally, I would have argued against Paperboy. I like the premise and I like sort of the idea. But I, I, I would not have argued for Paperboy, let's yeah. put it like that. I, I don't like playing it much, unfortunately. No. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, and one last thing is a correction gonna self-correct because i noticed oh, I, I realized this recently when and this is gonna lead into my next uh, thing when i was playing uh nes uh, online games on switch with a friend i realized that um i mentioned on the on the cast i think that a nice thing about excitebike is the multiplayer but of course i was thinking of versus excitebike on the famicom disk system uh, which has the multiplayer, the original 
doesn't have it. So that's a feature that I listed, that I sort of named as a perk on the Godicast. Um, that uh, you know, original Excitebike doesn't doesn't unfortunately doesn't have. The... You're the data guy, Pavlos. So you should. I blame you entirely. Thankfully, I didn't <laughs> argue for it. <laughs> well, but... I'm, I'm still happy with its position, but yeah, it doesn't have the. Sure. It doesn't have multiplayer. That was versus Excitebike on the disk system that got it in '88, I think. Um, all right, so we're gonna talk a lot of games uh, because we had the long winter break, three weeks before the Godicast and three weeks after. Uh, you know, hot takes are gone. Maybe we'll, I don't know, we'll, we'll think about maybe having a new segment eventually. We have some ideas, but uh, I think I'm, I'm glad with our current setup right now because I feel like there's something to say about these things, and um, we played one extensively, both of us. So we are both familiar with the thing instead of one person just spouting it. You know what I mean? Right, so. right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're just going to talk a bunch of games that we played. Uh, I, I will start because it, it is kind of a um, a mix of like different games and some sort of something happening, which is, uh, you know, my uh, I love my friends, but um, in general, with some exceptions where it's like a passing interest, they don't play games <laughs> like obviously in childhood like in my childhood a lot of people you know a lot of my friends had were playing games but um the friends uh my, my current friends it's like none of those are 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 into gaming but when they're here when they visit we sometimes play stuff i should control i sometimes show them stuff but they're not they don't play themselves uh so imagine my surprise and delight when a friend who you know I always had a passing interest. He got a switch because uh, our, you know, our lockdown continues, and uh, um, he got a switch. And uh, you know, I, he, he, even without any of my, you know, advice or whatever, he he got it with Mario Kart 8, uh, Smash, um, Mario Odyssey, uh, Splatoon. The bangers for Switch. Splatoon. Did 2. he get Animal Crossing? No. It sounds like a. He, I don't know. Wow, he he's, he said he wouldn't be. I described it to him. He said he would be into it. Even got Discord, so we can voice chat during it. Uh, it's been great. Uh, we've played a bunch of stuff. But one thing I want to mention is that through playing with him, I finally realized the sim- simple, uh, like the genius simplicity, or the simple genius, if you will, of uh, NES hockey. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have any opinions on that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you have discovered the love, and I think you are now officially a Twin Geeks member. I yeah. think uh, <laughs> I think Calvin will be very proud of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I have not played it. I don't have much of an interest in hockey. I'm not much of a sports guy in general. I like hockey in theory, yeah. but I I don't. I don't, I don't think I don't think you need sport. to like hockey. It's it's just you know sure. this video. Games... I mean, like I still play sports yeah. games. That's the beauty um, of video game sports. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can pick between three guys type of uh, players basically, like a thin one that's very fast but has low power shots, a middle one that's obviously the average uh, uh, on both, and then the sort of a fatty who's like you know has got super powerful shot that he can wind up but is is slower but also he's better in like he's better at snatching um like tripping players up and stuff uh when like and and that dynamic and you can decide you have four players you can decide 
Uh, you, if you want, you can have all of one type if you want. Like you could make like meme comps like that if you want. Um, and just that simple dynamic and uh, the different player types and stuff. And you know, obviously, also me finally sitting down and understanding the controls of it. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll say it like this: I when when I had a one on one or big uh, NES and SNES sections with, uh, sections sessions uh, with with Cal. That, I, that we've had, uh, I basically beat him in every game that we played, except in hockey. And that was before I, but you know, that was like, I had played hockey really before that. And uh, now after I played with my friend a couple of games, uh, uh, I played one match with Cal and I, I won. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm oh, officially- Maybe he doesn't like you anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> my domination is, is complete. Um, so yeah, I hope he gets good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that's on top of like me uh, whooping his ass in wind chambers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but uh, on a on a on a um, on a uh, conciliatory note, we uh, also I played I played Splatoon two with Cal, and uh, uh, yesterday like we played like I don't know maybe like thirty games, thirty matches. And uh, it was really fun. Like we were all the best two in the, the matches, and so we we won we won all of the games where we were in the same team. Like literally hundred <laughs> percent. It wasn't even close most of the time. Do they do bots in that game, or is that not a thing? Uh, when one drops, yeah, you get replaced when someone disconnects. But you can tell. You can tell what's. Yeah, a bot. you can tell. Yeah, yeah. The last thing. This is with different a different set of friends who really don't play games at all, but. Um, I showed them, but one of them has, uh, it's a married couple. One of them has an interest in Tetris. And so we've, we've played, um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, right? Um, and you know, Puyo Puyo Tetris has like all these crazy modes. <laughs> well, yes. we, we played only the simplest version of uh, Tetris versus Tetris with no withhold, the hold, um, ability, uh, deactivated. And oh gosh, no hard drop. Yeah, because her interest is in NES Tetris. Like she she wants to train in NES Tetris and play in some um, NES Tetris uh, tourneys. Um, I can respect that, <laughs> but I think I think hold and insta drop are like I would say essential at this point, at least to me in mm-hmm. my Tetris experience. Yeah, I thought so too. Like for it's totally the same thing for me. It was, but then we played like. I don't know how many matches over the course of two evenings, like played so much Tetris, uh, um, <laughs> and like two sessions. And, uh, um, I, I broke out Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 also because I have, I have it. And, um, what we eventually landed on was like, wait, we can play this. Um, we can play, it's not, it doesn't have to be like two guys playing together and, just to be clear, versus Tetris just means you play Tetris, and when you make lines, the other person gets trash at the bottom. That's that's all, like nothing else. <laughs> um, and we discovered, wait, we can play one one v one v one. We can all play at the same time together, uh, like against each other, um, in a in a three way versus a, um, a three person battle royale. <laughs> yeah, that was really amazing because one is like you know. Bit versed in Tetris, for some reason got this idea that she wants to learn NES Tetris and uh, um, sort of get you know get good at it. And she has some 
some love, which always surprised me for like N64 and NES and stuff. And the other, and, and he is like, uh, has, is like no, basically no game experience and like, you know, still very, like very, um, the con controller is a very sort of foreign thing to him and like, you know, but Tetris is easy enough. How old he, is he? I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just curious how old he is. He's uh, 30. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like me when I uh, download an app on my phone. I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Tetris is easy enough and he started to learn it. Um, and, you know, he, he's he's still a bit slow. Like he, he makes the right decisions and plays well, but he's obviously, he's still way slower than me, for example, and putting the pieces down. Just And that's just down to like... There's an instinct and like a muscle memory to yeah. Tetris after after a certain point. And, uh, you know, that mm -hmm. it, it, it almost becomes trance-like in that sort of way where it's like you're not even yeah. thinking about it at a certain point. For sure, for sure. But... Um, but also it's motor skills, like, you know, when uh, yeah. when uh, when you're still, we always underestimate, because I saw this with, I always see this, and it's so fascinating when you see people that don't really play or haven't really played or grown up with it, when you see them play, yeah. it's so interesting how they sort of, they have trouble sort of, like, the way they hold the controller and where the fingers are on the controller, um, that they can't obviously, that they have trouble holding several buttons at once, for example. Oh, absolutely. Is, uh, yeah. And it's, and it's more it's more apparent in like 3D games mm -hmm. where you have to move the right analog stick to move the camera. Like that's a that's a very difficult motor concept. You yeah. know what I mean? That's even like more people, difficult. People yeah. will get stumbled on that. Right. Yeah, that's even more difficult. Although I, I think you even see it in 2D. Like it's the way yeah. they hold the left stick, like, they have trouble, like, often, like, to, to just have the thumb on the stick and just, you know, move it naturally. They always do, like, very sort of discreet movements, uh, like, you know, go right, and then they stop, and then go, like, it's always, it's very, like, um, they, they always stop, basically, the movement. Like, it's, like, it's, um, individual inputs instead of, like, a continuous... There's, there's no intuition Fluid there. motion. Like, for yeah. us... For us, it's a very intuitive, like, the controller is a, an appendage. I'm very familiar exactly. with it. Um, versus then they have to consciously make the decision. It's almost like another example would be typing on a keyboard. If you're trained at typing on a keyboard, it's very fast and fluid. But there are people who will look down at the keyboard and pick and peck every single key. And yeah. that's a, you know, those are very different motions and those, you know. And that, there's no there's no judgment there because uh, I've wasted all my life playing video games. I could have probably done something more productive, but uh, here we are. <laughs> no, so. zero judgment. I'm just saying. It's, no, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's yeah. I was, I was really just saying it is interesting because it sort of um, it, it highlights what what is what is what is obviously natural to us, and it sort of um, denaturalizes it because we see that oh wait this movement that I, this, this motion that i do and you know this these motor skills or whatever they're not natural at all like because try yeah. to like try to remember back like i can't remember myself how like i must have been in this state at some point where like i was learning holding a control how to hold a controller and how to you like you know like merge have my hands sort of merge with merge with the controller like i don't remember yeah. that face at all like i in my head i started out you know uh first time i was playing video games i was you know playing them correctly so to speak um so uh 
yeah, it's kind of like a, a a vision of a past self that you don't remember that I don't think anyone remembers really. Um, the, the, this is this is a tangent that I wasn't ready for for this podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm glad we're talking like this. Um, the the difficulties I remember as a kid weren't motor based. It wasn't mm-hmm. like me struggling with the controller and i think that goes down to number one memory i think those early memories are so formative that it's like you can't even conceive of them anymore but the ones i remember being stuck on are like when i get to a difficult level or like when i get to a moment where you needed to solve a problem and sometimes the problem was too big for my little brain um Mm -hmm. so i would replay the same like first one or two levels over and over again of like a super nintendo platformer for instance so i would be very accustomed to that movement i i could naturally move i just couldn't then solve the problem of level three right Mm -hmm. um and that's what i vividly remember as a difficulty when i was a kid that's true yeah i totally was worse as a kid like i only got better at games um Contrary to what a lot of people say, oh, how did I beat it as a kid? I don't think, I think maybe some people were better, I don't know, but I don't th- I don't think, I actually think in a lot of cases, you had just time and were more patient and just uh, memorized yeah. stuff because I only got better. Like, um, I, I remember uh, I one of my, I think my first game ever that I owned personally, not that I played, but that I owned personally, was alongside my Game Boy Color, uh, Smurf's Nightmare, the Smurf, Smurf's game. Uh, for, for yeah. Game Boy Color, and sure. boy did I play that first level so much, like because just because I couldn't like beat it, and uh, and then got to the second one, I kept I like I I know I got to the I got to the second one pretty reliably, but I know that I rarely made it even to the third level, and then many many years later, like twenty years later, I you know just sat down and was like oh let. Let, let me just uh, start this up and see how far I can come even and like even without any memorization like remembering this stuff uh, like uh, it was no problem getting further than I ever got as a kid like on the first try it's like uh, ridiculous basically <laughs> um, I, I absolutely agree now I mean there's like there's like a there's like a trade-off like I think I'm probably like just physically slower mm-hmm. than I was when I was 18, for instance. However, on the other side of that coin is I think I'm smarter than I was when I was 18. Yeah. Um, I think I was more reckless when we talk about multiplayer games or something. I was much more likely to endanger myself sure. and not properly utilize my toolkit for my character or whatever. Right. Nowadays, I'm more vividly aware of what I am able to do as a character and less willing to just say fuck it mm-hmm. unless I really don't care about the game. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it's it's just, it's different tools as you get older. Um, and like half the time, like Overwatch, for instance, I don't think Overwatch is much of a Twitch shooter unless you're playing as very specific characters. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a lot about placing, totally. character composition, etc., etc. Yeah. And those things get better with age. You, know you can what I make mean? so yeah, you can make up so much. I like all of the games where it's like you can make up so much uh, multiplayer games where you can make up so much by playing smartly, or like just like the Splatoon where I think it's so there's so many ways like there it's such a it's a simple and super satisfying game, but on, under the hub, it's so complex where it's like, um, you know, kills are one method to contribute to a win there, but they're one of many methods. Like there's a lot of stuff you can you can be doing, and then even even the fights themselves you can approach in so many different ways. Like uh, 
um, it's not just about going up, up, you know, in the in the face, and uh, and you know, being having the better better aim or whatever. Um, the different weapon types also have a lot to do with that and everything. So, um, yeah, I think I think I, I love those games where like, um, you can you can make up for mechanics by, you know, by game game sense with game sense. Uh, um, yeah, and I think that that flexible. A flexible design philosophy instead of a pure, you know, test of one skill. It's it it allows for multiple. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a place for those games as well, of course. But but yeah, um, yeah. I I uh, didn't expect. Oh, I just wanted to uh, note that it's it's wonderful to have. Well, and it, even though I said all that stuff, ultimately it's still just one friend who got the switch. But it's 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 really cool to have one that like. You know, very good friend of mine, uh, real life friend. <laughs> you guys are all just virtual. I don't know. I don't know if you exist. Maybe you're some AI or something. <laughs> but maybe uh, <laughs> I'm a hell of an AI if that's the case. <laughs> but I will say for him, like if he's if he doesn't play games, like that's another thing I think about. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep going on these uh, tangents here, but I think about if you don't play games, yeah. how amazing games will be when you jump into it. Like, oh, yeah. I think Breath of the Wild gets worse if you have a complex background knowledge and, like, context of mm. what games came before it, mm-hmm. right? Like, if if I play the Zeldas... We retired hot takes. You know what I mean? Wait, say it again? <laughs> we, we, we retired hot takes, I say. What, is, what do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Ah, man, you made me lose. No, 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 I'm good. Sorry, sorry. But, like, Breath of the Wild, for instance, I can imagine a person who hasn't played a Zelda game in years, if not ever, Mm -hmm. in playing Breath of the Wild and being like, holy shit, what the fuck game is this? Versus someone who has played a sandbox game before, played all the Zeldas before. Mm -hmm. That person is like, okay, I know what they did. Um, It's still nice and impressive. Yeah. But what's special about it is, like... There's a there's a wonder that you will completely lose with context. And I mean that's that's I guess the case with most art things. Like mm-hmm. if you see a movie that looks good but totally rips off of other movies, um, you'll be impressed without that background knowledge. Yeah. And that's not to blame the audience. I think that's an awesome experience. But it I, I think about those things when I play the games. Yeah. Uh, and that friend who got the switch, he uh, he actually commented on how like, well, well, Zelda has a pretty complex um, control scheme. He said, like every button is used and stuff. So it's interesting that he, he noted that. But um, for example, in Mario Kart 8, he can totally hang. Like he plays, like he didn't have trouble at all learning any trouble at all learning that. I also don't think he's as sort of uh, illiterate, quote unquote, in terms of game stuff as the other friend I mentioned, because he was sure. like the, the Tetris thing. <clears throat> he was like, like it's a simple Tetris versus mode, and he was like, "What?" He was like so uh, <clears throat> amazed by it, and um, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, I'm glad <laughs> he was like gaming. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I forgot we also played the new Super Mario Bros., which is also a lot of fun. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that's always a blast uh, with in multiplayer, I think, and also infuriating, but uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, so, but yeah, it is. It is also cool to have a very good real friend from Berlin here. That where like I fire up the switch, you know, I see them online, I see them playing. It, it's it's just it's cool to to have that. And um, 
and yeah i'm glad yeah i always said i will i will i will be his video game rental store um he can uh you know he can he can uh i can lend him some games uh that i have well here's a proposition if they ever put gauntlet one the arcade game on switch you should play with your friends (laughs) Uh, i'm just kidding yeah no i only make any uh you know i only make good suggestions i don't really lead them astray uh like that you you only play uh top 10 games right i only only play i only play top top three games to be honest Um, (laughs) don't bother with the rest as my motto um you played a I don't know if top three game, but... Uh... No, I was going to complain about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on the list, we're going to talk about Brutal Legend. Did you play, Did you ever play Brutal Legend? I played the demo for sure, but not the full game. Okay. All right. So this is a very curious question. Um, Do you know what the game is? Yeah. Mm. Like, do you know what the game really is, though? It's like an RTS, right? Yes. Is the, dar- is the demo RTS-based? Because um, my impression was the demo is like the first like three levels. I think it has maybe a very short section of it, but maybe like even if it didn't have that, I I know I know about the game. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean I'll, this is what I was gonna say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. First off, to introduce it, Brutal Legend is a game made by Tim Schafer of Double Fine and Double Fine Studios, yeah. and it is um, sort of like a say it again. Two thousand and nine. You had the year, damn! I, I never have the year. I don't research, but um, but yeah, it, it, it is mainly an RTS game. But aesthetically, it's sort of like a heavy metal based uh, game. It's meant to be like you're playing inside a heavy metal cover, and it sort of cover like goes through the iconography of the genre, music genre. So we're talking mountains of skulls. We're talking S and M leather. We're talking like glam metal, and he sort of incorporated mm-hmm. it into an entire mythology. And that stuff's really really cool, and it's done in a comedic way where it's enjoyable. It's voiced by Jack Black and some you know guest stars like Ozzy Osbourne. Very fun gimmicky stuff. Um, this being said, I feel like especially in the initial marketing. Um, it does not lead you to believe that it's an RTS. It is like a champion RTS, which is you command troops, but you play as a character. Yeah. Um, and and to be fair to the game, as you play those early missions, the missions are absolutely based on you familiarizing yourself with the hero character you play as and the troops you control. Like um, It's like almost Pikmin-like, where you're like, okay, so these are the grunts. Now you're going to go through a level, play with the grunts. Um, that being said, um, there's an entire expansive world, and the side missions it utilizes never really... Um, co- like are a cohesive blend with the actual RTS elements, mm-hmm. especially regarding driving. You know what I mean? There's only so many races you could do, but at the end of the day, you're only going to pull your car out during your RTS mission for like a minute, two minutes tops, and it's never going to utilize those same skills. And so it becomes like a very weird blend of things that don't go well together, and you wonder where you could have fixed it either either you could have made it more rts and made it more clear and made it more okay or you could have lessened the rts elements i would i wouldn't have minded it if they stuck to a more of a pikmin-esque approach and then had it be sort of like this weird blend of uh game mechanics but Mm -hmm. even then you feel like you're missing something as you're beating the game 
you're like, there's there's something else, right? Because mm-hmm. the RTS game isn't even that satisfying. Okay. And that's yeah. probably the core part. Right. I remember back then even a lot of people complained and like sort of framing it as a bait and switch. Uh, the, this genre I don't think it's that. Mix. But there is definitely a problem. Right. Yeah, I, I never never played it. Uh, like never played the full game and never really had the because I never have I never had like had or have any connection to like metal or whatever and um, yeah just none of the pedigree really you know did much for me I like uh, Tim Schafer obviously uh, as a dude or whatever but um, you know but the genre doesn't appeal to you I mean I think it's a very specific I wouldn't say kind the genre too. I wouldn't say the genre it's like or the aesthetic, I should say. Yeah, the aesthetic, you know, it's like this double... It's a double frame game, right? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. It's like if they, I think I think for a while they had like this very in, like non-distinct cartoony aesthetic that did, like, was kind of generic, I would say. Um, yeah. I'm also thinking of like... So it's kind of a different game, but Death Spank, um, some yeah. others. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and... Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, like, if anything, I think the genre hybrid is, like, the interesting point about it to me, but uh, also, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, like, particularly satisfying or whatever. Uh, I, I think if you play it, you'll be like, okay, I can see the problem with the balance. And I think there could be a balance, mm-hmm. and I think the balance is interesting. And I think, especially if you get rid of the RTS entirely, mm-hmm. you would miss a lot of what the game is special for. Yeah. But also, they don't blend. There's no other way to say it than they don't blend. Um, right. It feels disjointed because when you do one thing, it feels like it's supposed to inform another aspect of the game, and it really doesn't most of the time. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I can. I see that. Um, right. Um, if if uh, the the one double fine game that I would uh, I I have found memories of like like if I would I would recommend because it's also like. Uh, a, a clone more or less of something that I like and also like a short RPG which is a quality for me uh, um, is uh, is Costume Quest I really I think yeah. I really enjoyed that at the time um, did you not like Psychonauts? are you not like a Psychonauts guy? oh and, and I never really played Psychonauts uh, I should yeah Psycho- I thought Psychonauts would be a day Dreamcast game one day I don't even think mm. it's like amazing 10 out of 10 I think it's worth playing so yeah well, I mean, maybe we we should do that when the second one drops. We could, uh, we could think about that. Uh, I'm I'm open in, to playing another five years. <laughs> I'm open to playing it. I don't mind that. That's not a it's not a problem for I, me. <laughs> I assume it's gonna. I think it's gonna come out this year, honestly. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, right. Well, uh, this is gonna be a, a a another big boy cast here, uh, but uh, that's fine. We uh, we weren't ready for this. <laughs> we, we were away. You know, we we have to. Uh, Give, offer the people some uh, some content. I think. Um, <laughs> well, we uh, do. Do, do we want to do the the game that we both played uh, first, or do you want to knock? Let's off? do the game we both played first. Okay. Let's just do that. Yeah. So we both played Paradise Killer, which is a <gasps> it's a new game. It's uh it's came out last year. Amazing. We we don't play games not only twenty years ago. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, our game of the week came out um, <laughs> came out last year as well. No, uh, but uh, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking lie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Paradise Killer uh, is this indie game. I uh, should have looked up the dev's name. Anyway, it's their debut game. And it is this, it is a detective, open world detective game. And it boasts a really amazingly sort of cohesive um, vaporwave aesthetic with like a vapor, I would call it a vaporwave informed city pop soundtrack. Like it's more city pop, but it's clearly, it's not so sample heavy as vaporwave usually is. So it's like somewhere in between. It's an amazing soundtrack. Uh, it's, 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 it's got a crazy narrative premise. Basically, you're on this island um, where you basically have a cult. This hard time. You're gonna have to get into the lore. I have no, a hard I mean, time I, explaining I, it. But uh, basically, you you got this set of people on an island, um, which are like called the council, and they worship gods. And there's like this entire backstory, like huge sort of world lore, where it's like. Um, sort of the was a fight of gods on earth and they created this island where they want to save the gods um, and demons try to invade the island and they want to build a perfect island and always something goes wrong they want like a pure and sort of demon free and uh, like everything uh, island uh, and they always have like people work on the island and then when it's time to make the jump to the next island they sacrifice all the people there like murder them like massacre them for the gods and you know move on to the next island and hope that that one's going to be the perfect island and and you play yeah. as lady love dies right. uh, an investigator for crimes um you had other backstories that we won't get into but you were also exiled for a long time we're talking centuries upon centuries or whatever yeah. and multiple iterations but guess what the council has been murdered, or at least the main council has been murdered. The main and then council. there's like little, little, little fledglings that are uh, sticking around, and uh, they need you back. They're like, we need you back to solve the mystery. So you you come out of your exile, you're, and then and then you have to solve the mystery. And what you do there is you go around the entire map. You search for clues, you talk to people, discuss their alibis, see if you can't uh, match things, and you be a detective. Um, mm -hmm. I like the open world aspect blended with the visual novel aspect to where um, it sort of gives you the plot points as an emergent thing where if you, you can learn something completely different on one side and have a different experience. I probably had a different experience learning things than you did. Totally. And I really like that aspect. I think 100% the order of things you learn them uh, in is like that's that's totally different uh, because it's completely open what you do first and um you have this very like it's it's so well realized you have this notebook that always tr keeps track of every open question uh like every little detail and you should ask this about that you should, should ask that person about this and stuff like it's very it's it's works super well you always you have never like you never lose like a thread of like oh this is like uh i still have to do this or that um you always have the notebook which is very good and you just collect evidence and it sort of gets filed for under you know this is incriminatory evidence for against this person or it sort of uh confirms their alibi or whatever um and it gets also filed in in your in your notes and that stuff works super well. Again, it's really open. Um, you've got this very colorful cast of characters, and um, 
all you know all the while you're on this on this island which has like sort of you know it's, on the one side it's like really cool and like the music's bumping and it's really great on the other side there's like a spookiness and creepiness to the entire um affair and the entire like setup and also the obviously the crime itself and stuff and um you know there's a lot of implications with um sort of what the you know the the setting the what what really sort of like what what is it really about like what is this island really about what are these people really about and stuff and you know there's a lot of discuss there which we won't ha we don't have to do uh now but um the uh the basic so the, the mystery and it's like we can say this there's like there will be several mysteries that even from the start there's already several mysteries at least they treat it as mysteries it's like ultimately it's like one big thing but like they break it up which is also really handy they break it up into different like sub problems or whatever that you need to solve um and you can start the trial at any time like you can start it immediately if you want <laughs> but um you can start it at any time um i think we both obviously only started it once we had everything every open we, point we, we we started the trial when we were ready to yeah. but that's that's another beautiful thing i like about the game is not only can you start whenever you're whenever you feel like you are ready which you may not be but like you may have you may point to a suspect and be wrong about it there is definitely at least two people where you're meant to i don't i, I guess i don't want to spoil a lot but i like, shouldn't you could, say more you that. could accuse so you could accuse someone of a crime and they not they are not the ones who did it but there is enough evidence that if you only looked a little bit into it and be like oh yeah this makes complete sense um then you then you could go to trial you could have the judge be like yes you are correct you are hereby guilty and then you could kill the the freaking guy it's crazy um and that sort of allows you to create your own events and your own truth and the game sort of plays with that a lot and i think that's really cool in its own way we can talk about the court cases as well when we talk about the downsides but that is an upside to me in general yeah i will disagree on one thing because i actually discussed this earlier with, with another person um that I, I disagree that it's about forming your own truth because basically accusations that land they will result in um confessions like uh sure there there is no i mean absolutely thing that happens what the game is really what that happened what the game is good about is at the end you know you basically um everyone you can accuse and sort of uh, you choose to accuse whether that's one person several persons uh, whatever the number um they get you know executed like you kill them with your justice gun at the end and then you know that's kind of now we're ready to move on to island 25 which is like the next se island sequence the next island that's hopefully the perfect island quote unquote and um, and the game at that point you you just you know you just passed judgment it's like you know judgment passed and um it's not about what's it, it's not about the tr it's not the truth that is malleable it is the notion of justice like what you consider just is t totally up to you because you could convict people and then they get you know executed by you or you can um not indict people and then after the trial the judge actually says if there's any people left that you want to execute still you can do that they then the i wish that was said to me before <laughs> yeah um 
either way, like it 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 is sort of and it doesn't really it doesn't judge you at all. Like you can if you want, you can kill everyone <laughs> and says and the game won't judge you for the judgment itself. It there is there is I would say there is totally one truth about what happened, but um, it's. Yeah, I mean, like, when they confess, like, when, when they're on the stand and confessing, that's how you know you actually have the truth. It's kind of obvious in that way. Yeah. But, like, what what I meant by that your own truth is your that distinction going into it. Um, I, I That's what I personally like about it. Mm-hmm. And the way it ends sort of still has that poignancy, um, especially if the character, for instance, served a gameplay function. Um, if that character died, they no longer serve that gameplay function. And it sort of gives you a grim reminder of, uh, you know, how, how you play the game and stuff. That, that, those kinds of things are really cool. I, I like those sort of things. Uh, to talk more specifically about the problems of the game, um, yeah, should we, it's uh, open world. I think world. We, can, we can totally, sorry, just to interrupt um, real quick. Um, we can, I think we can get very specific if we want. We just have to give like a, a warning. Uh, we can do that. Like we can do, could do a warning and then get specific. I don't if know. If you want to do that, we can. If if you're up for that. Okay. Let's say. Just... Let's say I'll give a warning here for like light spoilers. We won't. Just because, you know, we'll maybe get a bit more specific, but we won't like really spoil anything. But it's still for those who want to be like going completely fresh. Maybe be 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 wary of like the next I don't know couple of minutes and just I, look ignoring at ignoring everything else. I'm not saying this person did it or did look not. Look at the timestamps. But then, yeah, skip that. Sorry. <laughs> but but if if you kill, for instance, the fast travel person, mm-hmm. that fast travel person will no longer be available for fast travel after the trial is done. So that gives you a limit to your um, travel abilities. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that is very. Uh, important to remember and stuff like that's cool too i really like those aspects it's really mostly with that person but okay but 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 yeah okay but afterwards i mean i don't know what else you wanted to spoil the game pretty much ends really quickly after the trial anyway so it's not like yes absolutely especially if you have everything yeah 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 no i mean um Okay, so I guess we didn't really spawn <laughs> much there at all. You, you uh, wanted it. You wanted to specify, so I specified. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you were gonna get more concrete with something with uh, something else. But anyway. Um, oh no, I, I I wasn't planning. Doesn't anything. matter. Um, yeah, I think there's. I little... wanted to. I wanted to complain about the collectibles. Yeah. And I wanted to complain about the actual trial. I think those are the main complaints worth having. Totally. I mean, I think we're totally aligned there. And I saw, I've seen other people have the same complaint. The actual trial, I like how the its notion of justice is uh, conveyed, but um, but the actual trial, you are kind of sort of, you know, going through the bullet points that you've amassed throughout the investigation. And it is a bit mechanical, like you just go through the motions, basically. It, I have to say, it did clear some one point up for me, the trial, that I wasn't completely... Like, I wasn't quite sure how, sort of, about one thing, it wasn't sort of clear about how that um, played out in reality. But uh, once the trial got going, it quickly become, became clear. And I was like, ah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I mean, when they confess, like, when a character confesses, it definitely creates, like, when you see what they say truthfully, you're like, oh, this makes complete sense now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. I'll say it's more about, like, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, anyway, <laughs> the the, the oh, way okay, it plays I'll, out I'll is not as satisfying, not as dynamic as I thought it would be. 
the, okay, the trial. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I've never played Danganronpa, so I have no idea about those trials, but I have played Ace Attorney, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think for as much buildup as the trial is, the trial is like the, the main crux of the game. It's not the bulk of the gameplay, but it is the thing you're aiming towards. It is the thing you're pushing towards. So for that, you should have a lot of attention towards it. And I feel like, the way it is right now, it is you choose the person that you feel has enough evidence, and then you have little bullet points of how much you found out about that person for that crime, and then you accuse them, they check through it, and then if you have enough, it's good to go. Versus an actual sort of trial thing where it's a back and forth. Ace Attorney, for instance, has you dissect alibis and, or testimonies, rather, and um, you contradict it with actual written records or previous things said. Those sort of things are much more intensive in the trial, and those sort of create a much higher drama that is not present in the in the game. Especially when it goes down to like you have ten trial or like you know five crimes that are all connected to each other. So by the first crime, when you accuse one person of one thing, that person sells the big bad down the river immediately. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Um, I think there's something to be said about the sort of, um, you know, in a way, Paradise Killer is closer to an actual trial, <laughs> where, you know, just basically <laughs> it's more of a reading of the files, basically. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously that doesn't make for much of a climax. Uh, that's the, the thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, the, uh, the in, a, in a way, the suspense is all before the trial, because... Um, you look at your notes and you look at the, get the testimony and basically certain things become really clear, but the characters will always deny everything. Like, uh, and so there's like, it really like they, they won't, won't admit to anything before the, the trial. And so there, uh, you know, there will be a great in, uh, sort of, um, insecurity in your mind about like i'm pretty sure it's this like this is what happened but like i don't know for sure um i and the only time i had an insecure we are gonna do light spoilers (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i didn't have an insecurity regarding like the two main problems however i was insecure regarding there is a blacksmith who dies for instance right Mm -hmm. um and you have to and you find his body and you find like some remains and then you go into the house and you look for some evidence there was more evidence for one character than the other however one per the one character who has like three bits of evidence is very very strong and then the the other one is sort of all circumstantial bullshit but it's like a lot of circumstantial bullshit so there was definitely a thing nagging in the back of my mind like oh i don't know about this but like that being said otherwise i i felt mostly confident one of my problems i had was especially as you get into the later game it becomes very obvious who bad people are and who good people are which is another reason why even if a good person's guilty i felt bad about indicting them you know what i mean which again you can do you don't have to like it's yeah yeah, you don't have to but But uh, i made the mistake and i have to live with that pavlos okay i i i think i did the (laughs) same but i wouldn't regard it as a mistake Justice was carried out. I'm crying. Out. I'm crying. I'm not actually regretting it. I'm just out. saying generally. No, but uh, I actually, it is self kind of, you know, it is kind of paid. Well, so the first thing, yeah, the thing is quality of evidence versus quantity of evidence. And I feel like maybe it leaned a bit too much on quantity overall, but there's still moments where the quality is the, um, 
decisive aspect about um, who you pick. Uh, but uh, sure. the, the, the other thing, yeah, uh, I think it's the, your interpretation of the character. Like you really get an idea of like your what kind of detective you are. And I think um, I think uh, like I saw her. Uh, I, I played sort of a um, in my answers. I played sort of a uh, which don't really have an impact, but they form sort of your idea of the character. Mm. I played sort of a. Um, there's a little. And one of my favorite, maybe the, my favorite character in the game is a little demon dog um, that's in the game, and you find him like in so so, so many spots. You have like I would say like around I don't know sixty to seventy like really short conversations with him, and he he's like sort of this chaos agent. He doesn't really do much talks, like sort of talks. You know, just talks to you, and uh, I actually like his personality. His personality is almost—it almost feels like a fourteen-year-old on the internet, mm. where he just sort of just says whatever comes to his mind, and is just like, "Lol, okay, see you later." And then, like, he can it, be it's that cute, he, you know, in a good way. Nah, he can be that sometimes, but I think in a way he's also. No, I mean, and and when it gets more serious, it's different. But I'm talking just in the general sort of. thing. I think that's what yeah. they play off of, but I think a lot of the time it's it's actually like. You know, you're you have the mo like this is the clearest perspective on what is what this island is and what this entire project is than any. He's an outsider and he's the first person to make you question society. So I guess you're you're going to talk about when he asks you questions, for mm -hmm. instance, what you respond with. Either you defend how this society is built versus yeah. you being like, yeah, this is fucked. And in my case, it didn't really, it didn't like make me realize how fucked the society is, but. It's more like it was. It became quickly. It was very uh, like as soon as I like learned about it, it was very clear that it was fucked. But um, um, like from the first like half hour, it's pretty clear that it's a fucked society. And it was more for me. It was more like I have this ally here. Like I was, I was always happy to see him because of, like I was always, I was like like agreeing with him <laughs> it's like yeah no you're right <laughs> and yeah uh, and so it was nice to have him sort of around as this ally and over the course of that i built uh, basically in those i built like someone who's like in my head like lady love Dice was like this person who has a super realistic and sort of um you know uh i don't like like sort of sort of frustrated view of the island but at the same time in the interrogations i played it hard-boiled like i played it like you know no favors here my job and my identity is the investigation freak so i will sort of um that's what they call you in the game a lot of characters they call you the investigation freak um and uh, this is sort of i i will uh reclaim that in a way just by being that like uh, yeah I'm, you call me the investigation freak i am and all that matters here is the investigation and that's i'm doing my, my job here and no there's no sympathy points, you know, for anyone. So uh, th that's kind of the Lady Love Dice that I played. But um, you can, you know, you can play it totally differently if you want. You, you can have a heart for certain characters. You can specifically have a hate boner for certain characters. You could sabotage it with uh, bad faith. Um, I played very similar to that. I played it in a sort of like stick to the truth no matter what happens the truth will prevail sort of way like if the facts are the facts no matter what i'll sell i'll sell my puppy down the river if he was the one that murdered these guys right yeah, yeah. um but but on the other end it's also like very aware that hey this system is definitely broken very jaded i was more jaded and cynical like i wasn't yeah. usually nice to people ever mm -hmm. i was usually very like 
it's fucking what it is. You brought me back to <laughs> fucking yeah. to clean up your mess, that's right? What you that, that's back how to. I played it. Right. Um, um, and uh, I, I, I enjoyed being able to express myself in that way, no matter how meaningless those little dialogue options were. Um, it's mm-hmm. good flavor text. It, it was all really nice flavor. Which um, this game has a lot of, like, ama- like the, the that's it's amazing. First of all, who thought of this setting? It's crazy it's absolutely <laughs> mental like uh, uh like one of the most original settings and sort of more most cohesive uh, uh realizations of that setting uh that i've seen like it's it's just not like nothing else uh, um and the the problems like you know the last round is not quite as dynamic there's a few too many collectibles especially currency that they didn't need because you need to use one for fast travel and you get plenty it's just that you have to like collect them i think they did it to encourage like you going to some crazy places Exploring. with some of the movement options you get yeah but like but, th- but there was a way to do that without you having i agree because yeah. like i read online okay so up front there's also other things like going to the vending machine spending blood crystals to get a soda but you need to get 10 sodas to get an upgrade that's very very important for the game for instance number one or giving uh giving hints to um this one character uh via the currency or um an, another big one would be crap what was it what was it uh, um you get upgrades a couple upgrades cost uh, cost of- definitely invest in the back houses that's all i gotta say very important uh, i i think the one hint i would just give is just spend currency on everything like uh you know just, uh, Don't be afraid. I was afraid for a little bit. I was that afraid was at the start idea. as well because I'm always stingy. But uh, but yeah, then then you let I let loose. Except for fast travel, which because I wanted to see how much extra currency there is in the world if I don't ever use fast travel. Uh, and yeah, but ultimately the way could have gone should have gone is uh, make fast travel free, you know, and do like. Fr- rework the currency system don't have so many lying around in the world it's it was too many uh, well um, it's not just that but it's like it's not just the ones lying out in the world that that's one thing but then it's the thing where it's like there are side quests where you have to talk to ghosts and solve their little mini mystery and or or you collect little medallions to fit into a statue so the statue opens up yeah and all those give you for the most part except for some notable exceptions i guess mm-hmm. are two blood gems that you could otherwise get by walking around and that is very underwhelming for what you do yeah in that's true opinion. in a, you know in a way the most gamey like little side like most video gamey sort of uh, side aspects about this are like well okay why like a bit ill-considered but again nothing that really it doesn't really scratch anything it doesn't really like mar the anything that this game is really about in in any way like the last thing i would I, mention I, I, yeah sorry go ahead no, go, go ahead. You go ahead and say your last thing first. The last thing was the voice acting is a bit amateurish and overall too <laughs> British. <laughs> too many British voices that like. Pablo doesn't like the Brits. No, no, uh, but it it just kind of just doesn't quite fit, uh, especially because like one notable exception is like Romanian, and I, I think she's by far the best. Um, she has by far the best lines because she always insults you, and also has a lot of Romanian um, in her writing. Uh, as opposed to yeah, like I don't know why the the others aren't as diverse because they're supposed to be from like different um, like originally Eras. when they came from Earth when they came from you know when they were still 
human or whatever they 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 came from very different uh countries and stuff and uh, you only really get it from like one person like that that you really came from romania in that case and the others are like there's a lot of them are like very like british british uh, voice acting and it's like quips it's not fully voice acted it's more like quips and thankfully you can you can you could just mute it but also you can actually change the frequency of quips and that's a really smart thing to do um that i think uh, yeah that's a really smart option to have well well to talk about the quips and visual novels real quick I think I think it works in a game like Persona, for instance. Not that Persona is strictly a visual novel, but like when they do the quip where that doesn't ma- where it doesn't match what is being said on screen, they're just saying like a thing to mark the character talking. Um, those usually happen because to maintain, to me at least, to maintain a consistency, because there are scenes with extensive dialogue that are fully voiced, mm-hmm. right? And that's not the case here. Almost the almost the entirety are quips. Sometimes the quips do depict what is being said, but they're also reused. Yeah. And yeah. And it can be very tiring. And also, I wanted to say regarding the British voice acting, for me, it's not even just the lore thing. It's just like a an aesthetic thing because the way the aesthetic works is like the, how they're drawn doesn't feel like how they're how they uh, are spoken. It, it feels out of place, at least to me. Um, uh, I think the protagonist, think Lady Love Dice, is also particularly uh, like jarring her voice acting. It it really doesn't. It really is. It feels both more amateurish than the others. Uh, like, it, yeah, it it really it doesn't feel like it fits a character, and um, it it is sort of a bit amateurish. Uh, but um, it's all it's all. Um, um, you know, drops of hot water. No, what? Drops on a hot stone. I will say this. Water drops on a hot stone. You're doing right. okay over there, Pablo. That's a German. That's a German saying. Um, basically, uh, we're an hour twelve in this, and uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about Marth yet. <laughs> okay, no, but. My final thought on it is it is still absolutely worth playing. I personally yeah. like Great wandering game. big empty spaces. And this isn't necessarily a big empty space, even if the collectibles are a little eh. It's still very worth exploring in its own way. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, it has a combination of tranquil. There's never like a big time limit. So it's like a combination of tranquil, but you can always feel like there's a mystery brewing underneath. Yeah. Which is a nice foreboding sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really great atmosphere in that sense um oh yeah and it's just a pleasure it's it's amazing really fun the effect between like super cool and like shiny and glistening like surface and like vaporwave aesthetic and surfaces and the music and stuff and sort of the the narrative like premise of the game and the setting and stuff like the creepy effect there the mix of that is haunting for me like it was haunting it's very super atmospheric and also, it's so smart that it's like the 24th island sequence because it means there's so much that ha- has, has happened and so much of it is hinted at, but it never like, it, it, it is so well with information. Like uh, it gives enough to sort of spur the imagination, but it's like, it's, it's, it doesn't spend like, there, there's no, uh, there's no exposition dumps. If you think about it, there's no like, this is a, like, here's a huge exposition dump. Like it's all done you have like talks you learn stuff but it's not like you get a you know it's not like it changes the mode of narration i don't know where it goes to like a where it shows something and you get like a a 
sort of an explanation on top of it or whatever it's it's all done conversationally and um sort of hints at more than than uh than it actually tells uh, explicitly um so yeah for me also big thumbs up uh, some really minor hiccups aside the main thing here is super original and um and yeah i mean also we aligned on having played the current game uh and beat, and we've i'm proud it. of it, it- I don't want to say it should be a running thing because then I would have to play uh, <laughs> NES hockey on a regular basis. And I don't think I could do that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm going esports with that. I've just decided. Uh, I think if I can beat Cal, I think I can beat anyone. Uh, so yeah, uh, send me your uh, challenges, uh, hockey, uh, ho- hooky, as we as the pros <laughs> call it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, All right, just like I'm going to cut you from the roster, let's save Katana Zero for another time. That sounds and good. And let's just go right into Fire Emblem. That sounds good. All right. Uh, <laughs> our game of the week, our second game of the week, if you will, is... Uh, <laughs> this, this might have been its own podcast, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is uh, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. Yeah. That's the... That's that's uh, the, the iconic Fire Emblem theme. It's is already p- present here, uh, and um, we uh, we got a chance finally to play this because uh, it it finally got a Western release. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, it never came out here. Uh, it came out in 1990 in uh, Japan, but uh, last year it got an official translation <laughs> um, by Nintendo, and it's is out on the Switch eShop. Um, Alongside some, I'm I'm unclear of the history. Was the translation always there, or is it newly translated? I think it's newly translated. Uh, I mean, I think obviously there've been fan translations. It's not like um, you know, you couldn't play this before <laughs> if you didn't speak Japanese. I was thinking of like Mother One, for instance, which was an official translation, but translated years and years ago and just never released. Sorry, continue. Ah, yeah, okay. Well, uh, that that I'm not quite sure uh, about, but um, but. What I know is that obviously they add the quality of life features. You can speed up certain stuff like enemy uh, turns, for example, which is what I'm doing uh, or I did. And um, you can do a bookmark, so a safe state basically. You can roll back to the beginning of any turn, which is very nice. Um, and stuff like that uh, is, is. The awesome. Switch editions are very helpful, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Probably some other stuff they could have done, but, you know, let's not. I mean,. It's just thinking that I used too. what was there. They could have done more, but I, I used what was there. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking just back to you know M2 praise our our uh, re- uh, <laughs> praise preservation the M2 overlords. preservation overlords uh, and gods are of preservation are have done with Fantasy Star where I mean I don't mean the extra like rebalanced load, but I even mean like in the menus, you know, in the menu. Um, the information charts and stuff, stuff like that, like uh, surfacing that in the what you would, would have gotten with the manual, just surfacing that in the in the um, in the pause menu in the start menu, uh, like like Fantasy Star for example uh, by M2, uh, that would have been would have gone a, a long way. But uh, anyway, uh, just st- let's stick with the facts first. Um, so uh, this got um, two remakes actually this game it got one on the nes called mystery of the emblem in 1994 and uh, 
the one on the DS called Shadow Dragon, uh, which did come out here uh, in 2008. Um, this, uh, you know, having come out in 1990, April, uh, uh, it was a very late uh, Famicom game. Uh, the Super Famicom came out in the winter of the same year. Uh, it's um, it's an RD1 intelligent systems game. Uh, intelligent systems, of course, we know now for for Fire Emblem and uh, yeah, you know Advance Wars, rest in peace, uh, and stuff like that. Paper Mario, um, but uh, until then, um, the they had done they had helped with a lot of games like uh, you know Wrecking Crew, the Rob, the Robot games, Dragon Man and Stack Up. Um, they helped with Metroid. Oh, thank God! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they helped with Metroid. Even uh, they did the sports title, some some of the sports titles and stuff. And um, but I would say the fir- this is, was like the fir- their second like, you know, this is our our game. The first one was uh, the Fa- Famicom Wars, the first in the Wars series. Uh, later uh, turned into Advance Wars, uh, which came out in '88. And this 1990 game, it's interesting. The um, Keisuke Terasaki, the d- director, this was like a dojin game, uh, for, which means like a sort of, it's basically the, the the term for like, you know, sort of home made, like in, like it's often used synonymously with like Japanese indie game, but it really just means like, it was something that he sort of was experimenting with, basically an RPG version of uh, the, you know, a non-war focused Famicom Wars equivalent. Like an RPG, fantasy RPG folk, uh, version of that, quote unquote, um, and yeah, it got picked up. Um, you had you had Gampa Yoko producing. Uh, you got uh, Tsuji Yoko, which uh, who, who also did like uh, the music for like I think most of not all Fire Emblems, and also some Paper Mario work with the help of, of famous composer Chip Tanaka. Uh, they did the music, and. Um, yeah, they that they had, they had <laughs> I said they had <laughs> graphical and narrative ambitions for this. Um, they researched like a new type of cartridge to store all the text and info. They um, they wanted to do like like more. They wanted to do like little cutscenes and uh, sort of they they used a different memory, bigger memory chip, um, but then discovered that it didn't have quite enough as as, as much memory as. Uh, uh, to be enough for what they had planned, so they had like to, they had to cut like some set pieces and uh, actually reduce the emphasis on on like graphics, um, and you can really see that limitation because you have, you know, you have actually very little graphical action. You have like repeated car- character portraits even for some characters. Um, you can see like the music; it is kind of repetitive. Like a lot of tracks are sort of. There's a few tracks that I used a lot, um, and you can see those limitations. But at the same time, there are, uh, some of the ambitions I would say um, survived here, um, particularly um, um, the the narrative uh, uh, ambition and um, uh, the sort of the si- game systems that they they wanted to um, really wanted to take the tactical RPG. They're very like. Uh, still in its infancy, the the tactical RPG genre, basically want to um, make this the next step in that and really take it to a new place. And uh, I think it's you know that's it's clear that they succeeded. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about wh- how and why they 
succeeded and you know what what uh, in the shortcomings along the way um what is the story of fire emblem that is a very good shadow question. dragon blade of light <laughs> that is a very good question uh so um <laughs> i mean <laughs> the the basic gist no the, i mean i can tell, i can tell, i can tell you the basic gist the basic gist is you have marth the prince of Altea, I think, is the kingdom. Altea. And he was exiled, and he is back. He sort of has to uh, reclaim the kingdom and uh, defeat a um, a sort of dark magician or whatever who has resurrected this evil sorcerer. Um, and he, uh, like it's like a... It's a Garnef is one, and Medeus is the... The other guy, <laughs> uh, one of them is the shadow dragon. I don't know which one of those, but um, basically, Marth <laughs> makes like you know liberates uh, some kingdoms from their uh, like their their uh, their forces, their, their enemy forces. They, they liberate liberates the neighbors, so to speak, and they help him uh, uh, defeat those the, the the bad guys. That is the and, very it's like broken down version of it. What happens? Yeah. And to, to explain, like, at the very least, in that sort of way, it's, like, the way you would play it, to, to understand, it's not necessarily, like, literally cut scenes of, like, intensive action. What would happen is you start your mission. Your mission is, like, going to this little area. It's, like, a, it's like a, you, you see, like, a template of multiple towns, a castle over on the other side of the map where the bad guys are. And you'll see like a little little people talking, and those are the NPCs of the mission. Either they are denizens of that area or whatever. And you go through the uh, go through that specific mission to reclaim that specific castle, uh, recruit whatever NPCs you can, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then you move on to the next step in the process. Yeah. And it feels. And the thing I will say is narratively, you do feel that sense of progression, even when you see the character portraits and they are saying names that you will probably not remember. At least I didn't. Um, yes. You you will still feel like you understand intuitively. Um, you're making progress. Your army is growing, and um, and and it, it it feels very satisfying, especially when you pull off a perfect mission. Um, it feels very like not even just in a mechanical sense, but it feels like yeah, like the there is a purpose for adding the narrative to the uh, combat system. Does that or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this this is so interesting because um, I would say like it shares with Fantasy Star, which came like which came out like two years before this. Um, there, there is like this narrative ambition to have like this scope, right? This uh, uh, sort of lore, uh, like you know, uh, not just a story, but like lore, and um, um, like I think it shares with Fantasy Star, Star that you get like all these names of places, and I think in Fantasy Star it was more that the names were so nonsense, nonsensical that it was hard to remember. Here it's like, you know, they're like fantasy names, but it's even more names, quantitatively speaking. Than in fantasy well, there's Star. a lot of people that are expendable, right? Well, so like I don't even mean the units. List... I don't even mean I don't mean the units. I mean like no, but yeah, yeah. What the characters say even in the even little... in gen- generic towns or whatever. Yeah, what the characters say in the little cutscenes. It's like you know, uh, prince princess so and so from that land and her uh, 
her her father um, and uh, the, these forces are in currently in this region and uh, it's like okay uh, I mean what you ultimately have to realize <laughs> is that you can't really know that stuff it's like it's basically um, and this is where I think it works again and I think it works better than a fantasy star is while it's kind of hard to know exactly what is going on I think it is uh, actually super successful in um, creating sort of an immersive feeling to the to what's happening um, to the event and to the because you have basically a uh, a hard to overlook a hard to parse sort of war like you have war sort of a situation of war you know and it's it like is, a war campaign you're literally campaigning to like push yeah. for your troops further up and build up yeah really and, cool. and that is messy and it is chaotic but it never treats it like, oh, this is messy and chaotic, but we will sort of explain it in the, like, do like the exposition in a way where, you know, sort of, sort of, they don't streamline it. They treat it, they treat the knowledge as knowledge that sort of Marth would have, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. in, in, I think there's an implicit, like, perspective inscribed to what is told because it, it basically treats information as like this is stuff that Marth would know this is this would be new to him like new, like who the people are he knows that but obviously what just happened what the newest events are he doesn't know that that's news to him um, and I think that lends it, that it makes it succeed at um, conveying a sense of scope and a sense of like this chaos and the sort of the war situation that's going on um, while at the same time you know, and like working with these ellipses in knowledge, uh, uh, I, I was actually like, at the start of it, I was like, yeah, well, this is what? I'm, I can't follow this at all. <laughs> but then I, well, I was like, wait, but this really, the effect of this is that I actually um, sort of going from map to map, this is sort of becoming, uh, this is developing an atmosphere of some, some like, I, I, I think this, uh, it really feels like this is a big, this is a battlefield or like every map is like a, you know, a like, okay, I mean. The names aren't what's important to communicate, which is why they, they just throw them there. You know what I mean? Like instead it, it adds to that experience and that experience communicated is unique in its own way. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like narratively speaking, it, it is actually a strength in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of refreshing to just sort of like jump in and do that. And again, when, when you beat a mission, it feels satisfying in a narrative sense, which is very hard to do in that time. You know what I mean? Especially in combination with, and here's where the ambition comes. One of the ambitions is like you have so many recruitable characters that you find in the game and they can all die. It's, except Marth when he dies, it's game over. But they can all die. Uh, they can also, you can may just fail in recruiting them for various reasons. Either you miss them or they get killed or whatever, uh, or you, you accidentally kill them. You don't talk to them with the right person to sort of uh, have them join you and stuff. And uh, I think it really succeeds in sort of, um, yeah, having this, having this, uh, this, this, this war, and at the same time, yeah, giving it scope, but also having so many characters in it, and uh, and you know the big, big armies that you fight. Uh, but at the same time, mm, they, uh, you, you know, you form your uh, your crew there, and. Uh, it, um, it 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 is obviously not as advanced in sort of fleshing out all these characters yet. That's we will talk about what's missing here, quote unquote, in comparison to later Fire Emblems in a bit. But obviously, 
the characters don't really get fleshed out a lot of them they get like their mission where you recruit them there you get some flavor there but aside from a a you know a like handful of characters that are sort of important throughout a lot of them don't really get much more flashing fleshing out uh but um um, it, it does succeed in having this sort of, uh, you know, if you grow, like having your army and then, and giving you the choice of who you bring to every mission. Like, that's really cool. And, uh, um, it is sort of a, yeah, it is sort of a big, big step, um, for this, for 1990, uh, like a huge, like, uh, thing. And like, the game was panned critically. We'll talk about the many, in my opinion, many flaws of the game in a bit, but like the game was panned critically at first, but um, it actually became a, a sales success like half a half a year in because of word to mouth. So we could have, if if the people had followed like critical uh, evaluation or whatever, uh, we you know we we could have lived now in a reality where fan doesn't even really exist. Like it would have been a one-off. Um, or like it would have another in you know a different name because they would have tried uh, doing it some point l later on again and make it better, but <laughs> it wouldn't be fire in many way. Um, and it really survived because of the word of mouth and the popular vote, so to speak, um, uh, which is interesting because then in the West later it was also on the brink of death, and then one game sort of saved it, awakening that is, uh, and brought it back to life. <laughs> it's uh, interesting the many lives of Fire Emblem. Anyway, um, let's let's talk about um, let's describe the gameplay a bit more, and then talk about sort of you know what's nice and what's what what is cool and what is what is sort of lacking. Uh, should, should I go yeah, into the go, gameplay? Yeah, go ahead. Bit? Go ahead. Um, so as you, so looking at it physically, it would be very grid based. Yeah. Let's let, just imagine like a, a stretch of land, uh, mountain passes, towns, uh, a castle. This all would make up a one mission. And then there would be on a grid, um, you know, different specific enemy units of different types. Like for instance, someone on a horse with a bow or someone on a horse with a javelin. You could change items depending on the type. Um, you know, there's wizards, clerics, they go by different names. I don't remember the names. Um, there's, you know, knights, there's like people in big, heavy armor. Yeah. Um, and they all offer different abilities, different movement options, different weapon usages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you basically, uh, move your guys over to the other guys. And I'm, I'm making it very simple here. The enemies. This is not what you, you should move next to the do. enemies. Yeah. You move them next to the enemies, you click attack, and then they go into like a little battle zone where one person's on one side and another one's on the other, and then they duke it out. <laughs> really and, breaking and it depending down. Depending yeah. on and, and and depending on their you know types or numbers or stats, uh, you know, what have you, that <laughs> the there's stats, an exchange yeah. of health. Yeah. It's an exchange of. I am sorry for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm suck, not usually good at these. They things. suck each other's blood. They exchange for the the health there, and uh, yeah, no, but yeah. So 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 um the yeah there's in overall there's 21 classes like 25 units that you can have uh, recruit over the course of the game and 21 uh, different classes which is like really cool and a lot of them you get only through promotion which is a also another mechanic where. Um, you have to reach a certain level, and then you can promote the unit. It resets the level, but they're not—they are then the new type of enemy, 
with uh, big, bigger growth stats and like bigger max stats overall. Like it increases their potential by a lot. So um, you should you should like you you should promote for sure, even if it resets the level at first. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean those the different classes and stuff also come with like different animations in the battle, right? And that's really cool. Um, you have uh, every every unit can hold four items, which means they can hold four weapons. I think also it's healing items, but we will have like, you know, they will hold several weapons, and you can choose which weapon you attack with, and that's the weapon that they, they then will hold when they get attacked. You can also move a unit somewhere, equip an item, if you want that. In the case of a, an enemy unit attacking the unit, that it want, that it fights back with that item, you can equip it. Um, you can also trade items where, like, you know, just one unit can go next to another unit and give her item to that unit. Um, and there's shops where you buy items. There's uh, and there's a convoy where you can store items, and that carries over in every level. There's a convoy, so it's basically like a treasure, uh, like a chest where you can store items and you know get them out when, whenever on every mission. Um, and yeah, the goal of every map is to kill the guy that's sitting on the throne and then claim the throne and the level finishes um right well let's talk to, to go into mm -hmm. a little specifics on that yeah. only marth marth is the main character Marth's he's the, the hero of the story yes he cannot die everyone else is okay to die fucking murder him if you want not a good idea but you can <laughs> yeah but marth needs to storm the castle and he needs to be the one to do it uh the cities uh the gray little blocks or whatever if you if your unit stays on those they will heal after a turn they'll heal like the you know forts, a certain amount yeah. of hp yeah um and 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 marth can also go to towns which are like a little bit bigger blocks they're like four by four or whatever and those are very important to go to because they'll give you important information or important npcs or what have you mm -hmm. and if they're small little houses or whatever you can just send any unit and they'll just give you like a small tip right um uh, there's uh yeah there's um there's a lot of information now you actually basically you pretty much get all the crucial information more or less except for the sort of the nitty-gritty of the mechanics you actually get all the in-game information like oh um there's gonna be a unit and like there's a unit here to recruit and you can get them or like how do you how does things how do like locked doors work how do certain things work yeah if you actually visit all the houses you get a lot of information there it's just that um if you're not doing it doing it playing with a guide it's like you will have to remember or note down that <laughs> information that they give you from the houses um it, it amounts to a lot but you just you know they you have to visit all those houses all those villages and they will and, and like remember or or you know write it down um well i mean we can get into like how punishing it can be later but in, in those terms you know it's it's i i like it i hear that it's more streamlined in other ones like i hear oh I, yeah you know uh i i my I'll, I'll go ahead and say my fire emblem experience i've only played uh awakening in three houses i've played other tactics games like you know final fantasy tactics mm -hmm. and advance wars before but like this like an nes you know grid-based tactical rpg is un i'm unfamiliar with typically mm -hmm. and uh this was an experience for me um <laughs> mm -hmm. okay and uh i 
I, I will say, like, there's moments that you have to worry, like, in terms of punishing, like, for instance, those towns, if a thief, like, an enemy thief goes to that town, they could demolish the town, and you can't go there. Yeah. So that means you have to pay attention to where the thieves are. Or yeah. another instance is thieves can steal loot. There's treasure chests on the battlefield, and thieves are the only... Uh, units able to take that treasure yeah so when you look at those enemy thieves and you pay attention to where they are you're like "Uh uh-oh i have to either get to that treasure first or kill that unit first and so that makes you strategize more movement and like it's all those little things and they all add up because if you it because if you make a mistake you should be prepared to compensate for it later because like the the mistakes will add up from mission to mission in my opinion Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the there's there's villi- there's bigger villages, and those will always house like bigger like there's small villages. They just give you tips, and there's like a couple of big ones. That's what the the ones that the thieves can destroy is uh, those will give you like money, or there you can recruit the some characters and stuff. Like you you want to save those like, and that's something where it's like. Some early house tells you, okay, thieves can destroy the villages, but obviously it doesn't say like they don't say like you should save all these big villages. It's important <laughs> because they all you have... should immediately kill those thieves and go to those villages as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, I want to I want to now talk about um, the um, why this is sort of a sort of if you if you've played even if you've played like me my first fire emblem was the G, first gba one which is also the first one that came where that came over um uh, fire emblem seven i guess it is in in the numbering um uh, and this that's still pre-anime that's not the like awakening is when it when it got when it got uh, you know when the when the anime uh when when it took on when the anime crept in yeah, when it took on the when it paid the price of anime of incorporating <laughs> anime to say to save itself as a series, <laughs> um, uh, and like even if you if that was your first one or whatever, any you played of the West the ones that, that got localized, you know, at the time of release, you will notice how much is missing here. And I would just want to list some stuff and talk about it. Uh, so first of all, you may know from Fire Emblem the weapon triangle. Axe beats lance, lance beats sword, sword beats axe. That is not present here. Um, you don't have a weapon triangle. What you do have is that there's certain weapons that are effective against certain uh, um, enemy types or mobility types. So you got weapons that are like like bows are are still effective against flyers. There's stuff that is uh, including Mars rapier, which is a weapon he starts out with that is effective against armor. Armored enemies like generals and, and uh, knights, um, hammers as well. For uh, hammers as well, yes. Also effective against armor. There is uh, weapons that are uh, effective against um, uh, mounted units like horses and stuff. Um, yeah, stuff. There is that. Like there is specific uh, effective weapons that you know you might know from later games, but there is no weapon triangle. What you do have is quality. You do have the quality of weapons where it's like iron, silver, uh, no iron, steel, uh, steel and silver. And but what the game definitely doesn't tell you is there's actually weight, a weight tied to those that will affect your speed, <laughs> um, which means and speed affects if you will attack twice or not. Um, 
uh, and also how many items you carry will affect it. Uh, Does it also affect your um, like movement squares? No, no, no. That is just tied to the okay. class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the speaking of not surfacing stuff, I mean, uh, basically there is there is a clear way it calculates damage, but you just have to do the math yourself. Uh, um, although, well, since you can't really since you can't see the um, I think maybe, well, you can, can you see the stats of the enemies? I think you can, uh, but uh, yeah, you, yes. you'll have to do the yeah. math yourself. At the very least, when you're in battle. <laughs> well, when you're in battle, it's too late, because when you attack an enemy <laughs> in Fire Emblem, that you, the Fire Emblem that you know, you will see a um, preview of Cancel how... Cancel option. Yeah, you will see a preview of what how the battle will turn out. Like, you will see, oh, I will be able to attack twice, uh, this is how much damage, etc. will play out. And here you don't see anything like it's attack, and then you will see, and it might be that you actually do zero damage to the the person because they have super high armor and the weapon that you used is not strong enough. Um, and you all, what you also don't see is uh, you can't click on an enemy and see how far it can go. Like you don't you don't know like is this wyvern rider uh, will it reach will it be able to reach me next turn or not because. Uh, you can't you can't show a danger zone or can't show like a the usual like uh, that you can do in the some red strategy squares games. that allow to see the enemy movement options. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't do that. Um, on the battle screen, you will have like you will see for each for the two, you will see the defense as like and they're like it's like a bar. You don't really see a number. It's like a bar, and you will see like a bar that is like filled up to a, sp to a certain point. That for your defense, your um, crit potential, and I don't know if it's attack or speed. I forget, but um, but yeah. Uh, um, so the a lot of the mechanics are are in place here, like of the later games. But it's just they're not like there's no way to <laughs> sort of. It's very it's not not very transparent about it. And you know, I I was impressed by how much was already there. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, for sure. I was I was more impressed by what was there than what wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. You know yeah. I mean? Sure. Um, no, I think that's fair to say, especially for like you know this being the, really the first one, and I think the quality quality of life stuff and like the extra mechanics uh, they came relatively quickly. But but yeah, um, like in this first one, there is still still a lot missing. Like um, continuing, like there's no pair up or ally stuff. You have no like. Uh, you know, Fire Emblem famous for you know units standing next to each other, uh, give each other bonuses. Um, you have no support dialogues. Like another thing that Fire Emblem now is like huge, huge uh, about, and like uh, people love about it is uh, the people that love it love love a lot is the report that you build between units and the support dialogues and flavor conversations that you unlock. Obviously. And the waifus, clearly. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is... Uh, God, the waifus. Why? Uh, anyway, yeah, wa waifus, right. Um, there's no mid-mission anything. Like, there's 25 missions. You end the mission, it's straight into the next mission. Any item movement like any uh, trading of weapons like you want to give this person this weapon or you want to buy this stuff or you want to store this stuff it all has to be done on the on the map however there's no real turn limit outside of um 
reinforcements that maybe may come in, but uh, you can block the the fort that the reinforcements come from, and then it won't spawn any. Um, you will have to. You, you have all the time in the world. You can kill everything on the map. Leave the boss, who will not ever leave the throne. You can just, and then you you can sort of uh, you know take Marth all the way or whoever, all the way to the beginning of the map or whatever. You go to the shop, do your shopping, and trade everything. Like so many so many turns I just spent to set up my uh, units for the for the next uh, mission, you know, uh, and it just took forever because it's like. It's slow. The game is slow. Okay, yeah. the game is very, very slow. It is really slow. And this, this, the speed-up helps a bit, but I don't want to have the speed-up for my regular turns. Um, and then I'm too lazy to, to put on the speed-up for when I do the chores and do the, like, the item management. Uh, I'm too lazy to go to the menu and just put it up for that and then, then turn it back, back off. <laughs> but yeah, it is very slow. You have to do all that in-map. In Everything is in the map. There's even arenas. On the map where you can those are good for grinding your specific units personally i would recommend uh using reinforcements enemy reinforcements to grind and not the arenas because the arenas can be a big risk like um there's a trick where sort of you go in and the guy says oh if you win i will give you this much gold and actually if you go out and just go in again like cancel it, but just do the same movement and go in again uh he will change the offer so uh you can basically go for a lower offer because the lower the offer, the more doable the fight is. And the highest offers there, it will be difficult fights and will work in the way where the two units, like it will pit your unit that you visited the arena with against an enemy unit and they will just keep repeating attacks until one of them is dead. And if it's your unit, that's your unit's dead. That's not a training thing or whatever. Like you, you can lose a unit there <laughs> that you send in. And in, in my opinion, that's not worth it at all. Um, because I, except if you play it very safe and only accept those low goal, gold um, battles, um, I think I, I didn't use the arenas. Uh, I, I just used I just let reinforcements spawn and kept killing those to to level level my people. Um, I I used them if I was confident in the unit. Um, we can talk about uh, some units. Some units are weaker than others. In those scenarios, if I wanted to level them, like a healer, for instance, mm -hmm. or a mage or whatever, I, I would have them altercate with uh, with uh, spawned units. Yeah. He Speaking of healers, healers don't level here yet be uh, by healing. They only level through the ludicrous way of uh, of getting damaged by by enemies. That's how they level. However, you don't really have to level healers either. <laughs> like, I just I read the tip that no, don't just don't level your healers, and I I didn't like I I didn't level the healers. Uh, like, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I will just use them because the healing doesn't really get less effective. It the healing is just it depends on which um, item healing item you use. So it's not really depending on the stat anyway so why 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 level them um, <laughs> um there is yeah no mission management all has been on the map uh, reinforcements move on the same turn uh, which is something that kept actually stayed like this for a long time in the series was some was something that where fans are finally happy that it got changed um money i want to talk about money uh it is so unbalanced you get way too much of it which is 
you know, better than the opposite, but you get way too much money from, from overall from villages and stuff. Like, you can't really... Especially if they hand it to you. But, like, in general, it's never an issue. Because yeah. it's mainly used for purchasing items, and you'll just have so much that it's never a concern. Yeah. Honestly, a bigger concern is item management with the convoy and trading. In my opinion, that was way more time-intensive than worrying about how much money I had. No, money is not a problem, yeah. It is, it is really the management that is, that is a hassle. Um, and the last thing I noted here although there's other stuff that's missing but the last thing I noted here is magic is OP cause no one got resistance yo uh, <laughs> like um, there is resistance as a stat um, and it's the one that dictates how much damage you take for, ma for magic but magic in this game is very strong because most enemies have like no resistance uh, so um, yeah, <laughs> that's what makes like the first mage that you get is actually one of the best units in the game, also and one of the best mages, Merrick. Uh, and uh, yeah, like magic is very strong and uh, bypass is like you can have like an uh, enemy that's hard to damage through physical means, but will just take the regular damage from magic because it doesn't have resistance. So there's you know, there's a lot of like little balance issues here. Which I don't really mind personally. I like that stuff. I think it's kind of I like what I like how that like in the first Pokemon generation or whatever, like same thing. I don't mind that stuff. I don't need that. Like uh, that stuff is sort of part of the charm for me. But uh, you know, some of the other stuff is is a problem. Like uh, no preview and um, the item management and stuff. Did you play the? Did you play the remake? I'm, here's my thing. Here's my opinion. If you want to know the bro opinion on the game, is I probably should have played the remake. <laughs> mm. How is is it I like dramatically different? Is what I want to know. Uh, I think it's pretty different. Yeah, like I think I think the you could have gotten away with maybe the Famic, Super Famicom remake, the 1994 one. I think that probably would have qualified. But but Shadow Dragon on GBA is like a fundamentally different. Yeah, experience. it's more like you know it, it it has so much of modern Fire Emblem there that it's essentially like you know it is a remake, but it's like it, it is it is modern Fire Emblem. Um, so uh, I have to admit a lot of it is also cool because you see these characters that for the first time that you know from later games and also or like the. The Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Gacha, if you're like still playing that, like I am. Or Super uh, Smash Bros. I know Mars. Okay. Just... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like even in Awakening, like Marth is played to be like a big deal. So like playing yeah. this was definitely a very informative experience. And uh, also, but it's also really cool is like the in the battle sequences, the unique animation stuff. That stuff is already cool. And also when they do like the, then you get it like a crit and it does a special, special little animation that is really cool already in this first one um i saw some opinions that they didn't like the character portraits i do like the character portraits i like i like the animations i like the character portraits mm -hmm. I, I, I like that aesthetic it's it is very charming in a way and it it does remind me of fantasy star you said you said that earlier and i can see where you're going with it fantasy star is a little bit more you know star wars but this is very like I, I don't have another story parallel to it, but it, it, it still has like a very uh, grand narrative that you're going along and it feels epic and it feels uh, yeah. accounted for, I guess. It, it does a lot with, with little and um, and like I think it also strengthens, like really strengthens my belief that it makes, it, it, it really is so valuable to play 
this series from the start. Obviously, no one has, you know, everyone can decide what they do with their lives. But uh, for me, like, I always benefit from it. I think you get a sense of growth and, like, understand the design much better if you see, like, the evolution of it. Um, and I, I think that this is another case where that's completely true. Also, what is also very interesting is, like, this is another first in RPGs. Not a not a not a regular RPG, but like not a you know regular JRPG, but like a tactical RPG. But still, um, still a lot of stuff you can compare to Fantasy Star, to Final Fantasy One, to Dragon Quest One, to Ease One. Um, yeah, uh, like um, it's it's really interesting these firsts, as I as I like to refer to them, like uh, uh, these these firsts in a series um, of the especially of that time, like. Uh, um, the um you know 90 like early 90s late 80s uh, uh rpg series a big now big rpg series where, where they found their, their starts here um and i mean fire emblem this one personally uh i think there's three ways you can go about it uh to play it or, uh if, if you're interested um like you can go, I think yeah, you, can, you can do the bro method, which is like, you start the game, you play the game. I, I don't know how much, I assume you didn't really do much reading, right, on it. Uh, I, okay, yeah, all right, I'll, I will explain my experience <laughs> with the game. Okay. I went in completely blind, because yeah. like, that's how I approach strategy games in general. Mm -hmm. I, I approach them as in, especially modern ones, because modern ones don't have as many punishing aspects to them like fire emblem still has permadeath uh as an option i usually choose that option so i knew hey be ready to restart the mission if if things go south but i wasn't aware of um the detailed like you're gonna need to use your uh mounted aerial uh pegasus unit kaida to talk to this specific character or else that character's not recruitable. And like, yeah. I didn't know those sort of things. And I was like, Oh no. And as it kept getting on or another instance to not go into NPC quests, but like, um, there is a character that uses teleport and that spell teleport is very, very useful. Um, and you should not just spam it. You should use it for moments like when you get into a castle and you have thieves uh, about to steal all the treasure. And so it behooves you to uh, use teleport to teleport your people to those treasures right. or to the thieves or what have you. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's things like that, but you wouldn't know that three missions down the line. I wouldn't know that three missions down the line. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are you gonna go through with that knowledge again? Like, are you gonna give it another? I, I I have already caught up to where I was. Okay. Um, I don't know the next time I'm going to finish it or whatever. However, the experience was very enjoyable, and it I got faster the second time I went through. Yeah, yeah. So probably, like, I I, I will probably uh, keep pushing. Okay, so that's the bro experience. Although the bro experience eventually became. The second experience, which is the one that I, I will recommend to people, is there's uh, take take a guide. There's one guide. I didn't uh, I didn't use the GameFAQs guide. There's another guide that comes up pretty, like you know, one of the first results with Google, which is like also another. This is a really good guide, um, and it uh, it has a big like section of like um, general tips on the game. If basically before you start, general tips on the game. And I would recommend reading that. Like, not re you don't have to do the guide for the game, for the individual, like, missions. You just read the general, uh, the general tips because it just explains mechanics. 
it explains what's when you're sort of familiar with Fire Emblem, what's different here, so that you don't have the false expectations. And uh, um, it, again, a lot of that stuff the villagers tell you, but it's like you don't like pay like they say it in a way where it's like you know they just tell you the stuff and then maybe you don't. They don't emphasize the importance. There are things you should absolutely know about the game. Like the way I'm playing now, yeah. I still don't even technically fully utilize a guide. But I will look at the mission mm -hmm. and I go, okay, what characters are available here? What do I need to be aware of? Yeah. And as long as I'm aware of these priorities, I'm like, okay, all right, now I can properly play the game. I don't need someone to tell me where to move my unit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the recruiting stuff, it, the villagers give hint, hints and also in some points it's like, okay, this is a mage or whatever. Or this is a thief probably it's going to be my thief or my mage that knows these people and uh they will be the ones that uh that will that can recruit them um and uh you know there's a lot of infer you can infer some stuff there but obviously can't blame anyone who like <laughs> doesn't do that and misses the character or whatever and uh, and yeah i mean i personally think those new games i don't like that you can turn off uh permadeath myself um i i mean i agree i mean like to go into the new games i don't particularly like like let's talk about three houses real quick mm -hmm. um i don't particularly think that those special things that the series is now known for are particularly well executed in those mm -hmm. like hey man i've played persona before i've played dating sims before like like fire emblems methods for those are so bare bones mm -hmm. and so like just belittling to like how you can actually progress your units and characters in in just underwhelming ways versus the actual meat of the gameplay which is still pretty satisfying you know what i mean and yeah, yeah as far as difficulty goes like the games the game should be harder uh three heart three houses mm -hmm, um mm -hmm only gets hard in certain specific missions mm -hmm. um i liked how rewarding fire emblem one was from the get-go you know what i mean i'm not saying level yeah. one was uh bruiser but like hey by by mission four i was already feeling rewarded yeah just so i have perspective from an informed fire emblem fan what is the crown jewel fire emblem i should say okay it's good to say that. I mean, for me, it's seven. That that's my favorite that I've played. But I'm not the I'm not the Fire Emblem expert that I maybe sound like. I've played I've played a couple, but there's also a couple notable ones that I haven't played. Like for example, a lot of people like Path of Radiance. I haven't played that, for example. I, um, I haven't played all of the newer ones. Like uh, I haven't played the the double the conquest and whatever the the fates the fates yeah, to yeah, fates I'm, games or whatever yeah, yeah. the pokemon games. i'm just kidding yeah yeah <laughs> i haven't played the remakes um they, they did like shadow dragon then they did a remake of i don't know three maybe i'm not sure the the one on 3ds echoes of valentia it's called there i am super grateful for this that is finally out i think you know, last year, I think this should continue. You know, last year we got Moon, we got um, other first releases, and like um, the. Um, help me out here. We got Moon, there was also the other. Uh, uh, what was the other. I think PS1 game that got a. Um, sort of a first locality. I'm thinking, and it's a blank. Okay, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but I know what you're saying. He, Pavlos is saying is that they are bringing games that either were never translated yeah. or never properly uh, 
you know, brought to certain audiences and uh, giving them new life on the Switch, um, which they used to do for like Virtual Console, for instance. But that's that's out the window. I am glad, especially for Fire Emblem's anniversary, they did it for this. I would recommend the game. Even if uh, I have difficulties with it, I, I'm still going to devote time to it. It's still rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, for sure. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, just check it out, especially because it's time limited. <laughs> like Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... I don't like that, but no. the other things I do. <laughs> no, that's really bad. <laughs> like, they, they, they're taking this off the store, supposedly... Uh, I think in March or something, um, Marth March, and uh, that's uh, that's not 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 a good practice, by the way, Nintendo. Uh, but also, it is it is cheap. It's like five or six bucks, um, and uh, I would say every Fire Emblem fan and also interested in uh, in the history of like tactical RPGs should uh, should 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 check that should check it check this out. Jeez. Um, so too much talking, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Um, oh, I, I uh, it came to me. Second, that's three was last year. Um, that never got localized. It got it was part of the mana, um, the the oh, mana three three pack yeah. they did for yeah for Final Fantasy Adventure Secret of Mana and then. Trial of Mana now the official name is. I I I hear I hear the Trial of Mana one is particularly uh, special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people really love that. Um, and yeah, so this is a great trend. Uh, I think uh, the big the the big one or one of the big ones, but let's be honest, it's the big one at least for Nintendo is obviously Mother Three. Um, I I personally believe believe that they will do it one day, like. Uh, I actually do believe that. Um, like we got, we got Mother One uh, on the Wii U for the first time, and I think Mother Three is gonna happen one day. Let's hope. I don't think it will. Inter- I didn't. I didn't think we were gonna have this conversation. This cast. I don't think it will. But if you, if I told you like, oh, they will re- do a first West, the first Western release of Fire Emblem One, uh, would you have believed that? Would you have said, oh, that's that can happen? Number one, yes, because Fire Emblem is very, very successful now. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, Fire Emblem doesn't have things that Nintendo make it skittish about in 2021. Like, I, not to spoil Mother 3, but there are imagery and characters and themes in the game that Nintendo may not be comfortable with. Now, I mean, they probably don't give a shit if Brogan Chatton, 27-year-old man, plays the game. <laughs> but if they put it on the store, say this is the kid from Smash Bros, and then like some people are unaware of... like There's characters in the game called Mad Gypsies, for instance, which uh, may flirt with some trans identity. I think it is largely positive for trans identity, okay. but I could see controversy that Nintendo wouldn't even want to address for that. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see. Time will tell. But uh, for Hey, me- man, here's the thing. Yeah. I like being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if if I was wrong, in, that'd be wonderful. In this so, case, hey. yeah, it would be cool if you were wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's Fire Emblem, and uh, that's our jumbo cast uh, for the you know season two. Um, I wasn't ready for two hours. <laughs> nope, me neither. But uh, um, yeah, I hope we inspired you to play some of these games that we talked about uh, this week. 
mostly from Russia with love, I think, uh, is, the, is the one <laughs> that we really wanted to... It's a classic. Literally better than the film. Quote by Pavlos. <laughs> I never said that. You said that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You literally you said that. No, too. you said that. Um, check the tape. <laughs> check the tapes, everyone. Um, next week, or next time, rather, we will talk about Run Saber for the uh, SNES. Bit of an odd choice, but uh, I think, you know, kind of a neat sort of smaller smaller game uh to to talk about we're getting weird with these choices now yeah yeah uh have a have a good one thanks for listening as always thank you brogan for enduring no no problem (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah see see you around see you next time stay fresh everyone bye-bye bye everybody